I'm Summer. Hey, and summer. I was the sole survivor of Ocean's Gate <laughs> AMA. Welcome back to your Hatch and Bar, a place for paranormal, supernatural, extraterrestrial, and sometimes true crime content. I'm Summer. Across from me is Shane. Hey, yo. Next to him is Brian. Hello. And across from him is Cody. Yo. Shane, what are we talking about today? Well, actually, Summer Dom, we're going to go to. <laughs> I don't know. You, re- you ready to fumble over this one right in the beginning? <laughs> where are we, Shane? Tell me. Where, Sound where, it out. Where are we going, Shane? We're actually going to talk about aliens again. You guys ready for aliens? Oh, yeah. yeah. They're kind of everywhere right now. So. They're like the, yeah. Not right, not <laughs> right yeah. now. Shane, they've been everywhere. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Aliens are so hot right now. <laughs> my, my titties this, are tingling for this, aliens. This first word is just getting you, huh? Today, guys, we're going back to the first week of June in 1980, the Todmorden area of West Yorkshire, England. Oh, you guys, you guys know that area, right? Yeah. You yeah. spent a lot of time I'm in Todd so, Morton. I'm so familiar. <laughs> yeah. I spent okay. my summers there. No, actually, I, I I know you're all too poor to go there. It's, it is a part of England. Don't worry about it. You'll never go there. It's oh, they're nice poor there, r- too, I think, though, so it's okay. It's like We just got to get there. Yeah. <laughs> it's about 17 miles northeast of Manchester, and about 15,000 people live there. That's all you need to know. Well, in this area in June 1980, police were receiving several reports of unidentified flying objects. We're going to start our story with a man named Zygmunt Adamski. He's a 56-year-old miner who had been reported missing by his family in the June of 1980. Ziggy had left the house to grab some groceries, and he wasn't seen again until about five days later. Early morning, 20 miles away at a coal mine, Ziggy's body was found on top of a coal pile. So it's like a coal yard. So it's they, they take it all out of the mine, they pile them up in these big piles, 10, 12 feet stacks of coal laying around all everywhere. There's trucks everywhere, coal everywhere, and then there's a body laying on the top of a coal pile. They don't he, find it till the middle of the day, too. So he's it's just like, kind of like just thrown over top of it? It looks like he's placed on top of it. Because when you find him there, that's the, the weird part about it. The first weird thing is that he's placed there. And then the guy who's actually a truck driver that found him and called in had been there in the morning to fill up his truck with coal because they used to pick up the coal and drop the coal off to all the houses so you could use that to heat your house. Did they find his groceries? There were no groceries. Hmm. No, 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 but he was on top. These piles are 10, 15 feet high. A giant. And yeah, so they find him around the afternoon time, and so that kind of brings in a weird thing of was he there in the mornings? Everybody comes in first thing in the morning, fills up their trucks, and then comes back to refill. Nobody finds him until about midday. So they call an ambulance, and eventually two cops come to investigate. And what they notice is that Ziggy is wearing a suit, but no shirt. I mean, he looks a little bit disheveled. And not like, like a fucking <laughs> Miami cocaine <laughs> ball. Exactly. It's like a, not an Andrew WK kind yeah. of cool guy. Way. <laughs> it was like a regular old man brown suit. No gold chain? No gold chain. Damn. No pinky ring. I either. thought it was Pitbull for a second. Yeah. <laughs> that was their first thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pitbull? Is this Mr. Worldwide? <laughs> Not like this. Mr. 305 made it all the way to West Yorkshire. And now he's dead. He also had a bad haircut. It is noted in the report that his hair looked weirdly cut. Which I thought that was just mean to talk about. Because he might have just had a bad haircut. What if his wife cut his hair? How mean is like He's got a really bad haircut. He was like... And he was an old man, so he could have just had a bad haircut. Maybe he had a one-handed barber. You never know. Don't bring up the haircut. That's oddly specific. More interestingly, he was clean of soot. There's no evidence of coal on his clothes or his feet or his hands. He is just laying on top of this pile of coal. So it's not like he climbed up there and got it all that's, over him. He that's just the thing. Was placed there. So yeah, that's what's really weird about it. So it seems like he'd be covered in coal dust because the cops, when they went up there to find him to like to recover the body, they're covered in coal. They're slipping and sliding. They're saying how it wasn't easy to get up there. And he was, you know, not a young man in a suit, oddly buttoned with no shirt on, just flopped there. What year was this? This is 1980. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's cranes and stuff. They could put them up there. They could, but who but. who cranes a body on top of a coal pile? It's kind of weird. Crazy crane people. Crane people. <laughs> Crazy crane people. Alan Godfrey, one of the two 
police constables that will come and investigate this situation. We'll also notice that there's burn marks on top of his head and an injury to his back and to the back of his neck. I did hear something that he was doing some, uh, there was some kind of weird skin treatment thing where they lightly burn your skin with uh, alcohol and like cotton balls. I don't know, it was some weird kind of folksy bullshit that he was doing at the time that they tried to say was associated with that, but I don't think he, because he had like serious third degree burns on him that they found. I don't think anybody's doing that for like health benefit reasons. Right. But that was one way somebody tried to debunk it. Well, those burns were from that, but it didn't quite add up to that. Alan Godfrey would state, his clothes to me suggested that he has been hastily redressed after death. But it was the look on his face that shocked me the most. I'll never forget it. He looked like he'd been scared to death. Hmm. And that's a real thing. We learned that in the last episode. You could be scared to death. Yes. Yes, we did. <laughs> Very good, Cody. I look at me Full remembering circle. things. Gold star. Everything's so, connected. So proud of all of you. Yeah. <laughs> look at us listening and learning. <laughs> 35 years old, just learning things. <laughs> you can be scared to death. Retaining information. Look at my brain. <laughs> I think I was the only one that actually learned that last week. <laughs> You were the only one that didn't know it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fun. James Turnbull, the coroner who did Zygmunt's autopsy, noted that he had been missing for five days, but only had about a day's worth of beard growth. Other than that, around his neck was a gel or liquid which the coroner could not identify. Even after sending it to a lab for testing, they could not identify the substance. Was it cum? That was my first thought. It really was my first thought. I was like, oh, well, that's obviously, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, somebody nutted in his burn. Yeah. It's because yeah. dudes are gross. But it was weird, though, because the medical examiner says that. And they, he says that he had been, he hadn't eaten that day, but he had been eating up until that day. So he had been well fed. He only had one day's, one day's growth of beard. And he had like minor abrasions on like his knees and elbows and stuff and his hands. So that was weird because it looked, that seemed like almost maybe he could have done that climbing up the coal pile. I don't know why he would have, like, would he take the suit off and then climb the coal pile and then wipe himself down and put the suit back on? I don't know. And a shitty haircut. And a bad haircut at the top of the coal pile. I'm just picturing him with, like, a flock of seagulls haircut. He's got a terrible haircut. It's awesome. Just in front of his head. <laughs> That's how he ended up on that coal mine. Yeah. The official report would say that poor Zygmunt Adamski died of heart failure and emphysema. So he was a coal miner. I kind of glossed that over in the beginning. So yeah, he does have. So Ziggy was a was a coal miner. Well, because Ziggy mm-hmm. had yeah. been he wore, he was a coal miner and he was trying to retire early. And so this is where like weird conspiracy things come in. Is he tried to retire early that because his wife was sick, so he wanted to spend more time with her, and so he was applying for early retirement. But they had denied him that same day, and so people said that maybe he had killed himself because he was so disappointed. But the one guy I heard talking about it and a couple other people it makes sense too. Why would you kill yourself if the whole point was to spend more time with your wife? It's kind of that's a weird move. Yeah. And why would you kill yourself on top of a fucking coal pile? I don't know. He also is not a coal miner here. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, there's no evidence to suggest that he's ever even been to this area in yeah. his life. It's about right. 20 miles away from where he actually lived. Interesting. Was yeah. Ziggy his government name? Zygmunt. Okay. Yeah. He could play the guitar. I'm just waiting for <laughs> Cody. Jesus Christ. Ziggy. Ziggy Sardos? I know. Oh, I'm just, yeah. just waiting for you. He, was, he's like, I'm just he wasn't right going to do it. Wasn't gonna do I it. wasn't going to do it. <laughs> no, because Ziggy was, a, he was from Poland originally. And had migrated here for work, had been here for many years. A lot of people said he was happy. There was some speculation about him having issues with his family, maybe, but none of it kind of really made sense for him to just walk. He went, he was having a good day. Everybody seemed like he was happy. He was getting ready for an engagement party, and he just disappeared in the middle of his day. Hmm. And even then, aliens abducting people in the middle of the day is kind of fucking weird, too. So that doesn't really, that's a weird one, too. To uh, wrap up with Ziggy, mm-hmm. he. No one knows how he died or how he got there. Nothing makes sense. And for the alien to just live, leave a little dribble to come. Yeah, just a period. drool on his neck. I like the idea of them getting lost. And like, which coal mine did we pick him that, up from? That was actually <laughs> one of the theories was that they picked him up by mistake. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they got the wrong guy. Then yeah. they dropped him on the coal mine. Like, well, sorry, Zig. Yeah, this, oh, this is not who we're looking for. 
Five months later, just before 5 a.m. on November 28, 1980, Alan Godfrey, the same man who helped investigate the Adamski murders, was dispatched to investigate a small herd of missing cows for a concerned resident at the Burnley Housing Estate. While driving the rural Burnley Road, a heavily lighted craft started to come into his vision opposite of him. So, yeah, so this is right about this event. As he's pulling up this hill and he sees this lighted craft at the top of the hill, after six months ago finding Zygmunt on top of this coal mine, this is right about the part where his life falls apart. <laughs> so this, this is where... daylight? No, this no, is at night. Okay, five, okay. Well, 5 a.m. Yeah. And this is... Uh, okay, so there might be daylight. One of the two investigators that found Zygmunt. So this is happening right. to him five months later. Unsure what it could be, he does what cops do. He, he investigates. I thought you were going to say shoot. He shot it. Yeah. He, shot it home. <laughs> <laughs> he shot it down. He did what cops do. He ran his car into yeah, it. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Freeze. He grabbed his radio to report what was happening, but oddly enough, the radio was dead. He got within about 100 feet of the object and was mesmerized by it. He started to feel like he was being drawn towards it, being pulled by it. He puts the car in park and studies what seems to be a rotating diamond-shaped object. Was he ever noted as saying, it's too early for this shit? I don't Because I feel like I would say did, that. did, but I... I... I'm not sure if that's a common saying in England, because that would definitely pop out here. Yeah. <laughs> is that maybe the only thing that it's, stopped it's it? It's 5 a.m., and you're seeing an unidentified object. You it's know too it's, early for that shit. It's got to be the beginning or the end of his shift, too. So yeah, either way, it's way too early for this shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> According to his book, he said, what the hell is that? Oh, so close. Okay, yeah, okay, it was pretty yeah, close. Yeah. So imaginative. Yeah. <laughs> Alan's response was to draw what he was seeing. So he throws the car in park and starts drawing. That seems to be a common thing. People see these things and go, I have to draw well, it. Especially with cops, because all they have is you either shoot it or they have that little notepad. So they can only do one of two things. You can't cuff it. <laughs> Excuse me, you can't park there. <laughs> He's like behind this diamond shape with, with cuffs like, uh. everybody, Everybody out of craft. Out of craft. Line up. This <laughs> sobriety test. <laughs> Hands against craft. Crudely, he began to draw a domed metallic disc with panels or windows wrapping around the whole structure. There were bright lights over and under the dome. So bright, he could barely see it. And it was about approximately 20 feet tall and 15 feet wide and hovering about 5 feet off the ground. The light overtook him and in a mounting flash. The next thing he knows, he's about 100 meters further up the road from where he saw the object. Just a moment before, he was completely in awe and wondering what was happening to him. Then he woke up further down the road. Mm. Another one of those weird time skips. Godfrey returns to where the incident took place and knows the road where the object was sighted and had completely been wiped dry of rain and leaves, almost like a perfect disc where all the debris in the area could not touch. Even weirder yet, there was about 25 minutes of lost time. Because, yeah, it was weird because when it was happening, so he's sitting there drawn and he's talking about how the wind's buffeting him. So it's like when mm -hmm. you think about it, it, this seems like an object in motion because it's not, they, a lot of people try to refute him by saying it could have been this, could have been that. But he's, he's talking about the wind blowing up, things blowing everywhere, like the, the bottom of the trees are ruffling, the tops aren't. So it kind of gives you a, an idea of how tall everything was. Yeah, I'm trying to like take in all the information. <clears throat> a lot of times you hear with the, you know, the spacecrafts, all that, that they don't make noise, they mm -hmm. don't move, and they don't alter the water or around there around so this one is pushing air out this though. one's pushing air yeah so he's like it's manipulating it's it's doing something it's occupying a space something's happening there so. and you said it was pulling him towards it or was it pulling the car i think he it? meant like a mental pull like he was mental just felt pull. drawn okay. to it yeah along with the 25 minutes lost time he also noticed that one of his boots had been split open with a strange mark on his foot alan godfrey who was a respected officer in his early 30s with no blemishes on his record and then in fact actually had two honorable achievements at this point was like a no-nonsense type of guy he has always a, good, a no-nonsense yeah, type of guy fine 
behind them. Fucking, yeah. Ne- ne- never have any nonsense. And you got to let it go, Alan. Yeah. Don't talk about it ever again. But I'm going to tell you something. He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it changes him. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he knew what he had to do next. I know what I saw. He saw. He said, that was nonsense. And I don't deal with nonsense. And so he's out to stop the nonsense yeah. now. You're right. That's yeah. his life. Just to remind you guys, the whole reason why he's out here in the beginning is because he's looking for cows. Yes. Okay. He and finds the cows. That's that's the bright side. Eventually, yeah. Yes, he yeah. does. Were they alive? Yeah, they were fine. Okay. So the police station. I, time com- out. All I can think of right now is how funny. God damn it. He's just like, they scuffed his shoe. Your nonsense <laughs> ruined my shoe, and I will not stop Further. until you replace these boots. I like the idea that it was just a scuff. It's it's just not scuff. A- <laughs> but they ruined his boots, so he's got to he, get new ones. He knew something happened because his boots are never scuffed. He goes to the aliens. He's like, he goes, you owe me $27. And they fly away <laughs> yeah. rest of his life chasing the spaceship. They owe me $27. He's just got a receipt. <laughs> 40 years later. I had to buy new boots. Mind you, from where all this has taken place, the actual police station is only about a five-minute drive from where he's at right now. He decides to go back to the police station and basically grabs the nearest constable there. Whatever PC is closest, you got to get in the car with me. We got to go check all this <laughs> out. The constable was like, Alan, my God, your boots. <laughs> so scuffed. Like, you know that is against the uniform. You <laughs> need it, to replace these And they sent him home. Yeah. And that's, that's what pissed <laughs> out. <laughs> Then started his villain. Exactly. <laughs> He's the bad guy of this story. You figured it out, Summer. Well, Constable Maxwell will join him, and him and Alan will go to the spot where this all happened. Constable Maxwell will state that exactly what Alan had described in this scene where you have this big dry disc. And mind you, it had just been raining. It's just a clean 20-foot radius in the road. Hmm. Uh, but other than that, kind of looking at Alan like, what is going on? Yeah. They're Alan, doubting him because he's, you know, yeah. he's talking about he's showing him this crazy spaceship that he drew. <laughs> he's got these weird scuffs on his boots. He's been missing for like an hour. Alan, what the fuck is going on and where are the cows? Is this his like commanding officer or something? This guy, a person above? No, him? he's just a, just a, like a co worker. He's like, what have you been doing? What are you, you're supposed to be working. You got scuff boots. You're drawing shit. Where are these cows? Where are the cows? It does feel like he's just hanging out in a field to do a picture. So suddenly, just as you say that, the cows are right next to them in the field from where this all happened. But in a place, like a park that's gated, they're inside this gate. Because I think they were like in a rugby pitch or something. They were somewhere they shouldn't have been, like at a sports complex. I kind of like that, though. Yeah, they're just hanging out. Who knows how they got there? They were all there together. Nobody knows how they got there. They found them. They're right there. But this is a gated area. So they escaped one gated area, went into another one. None of the locks are busted. At least they don't mention that. But. Were the cows confused? Did they ask? They did have scuffs all over their hooves. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah, but that was from them playing rugby. <laughs> <laughs> the cows made it home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the small victories today. So just to dabble into what the Yorkshire police actually have on their hands this time, not only do we have all these sightings coming in to this area, this area in which we're talking about is known as UFO Alley. Mm-hmm. Especially this time. Yeah, yeah, and this is this is this is England, right? Rational England. So this is a little bit of a different thought process, I think, for us as Americans. But there's sightings after sightings in the Yorkshire area. Also, we have the infamous Yorkshire Ripper, who is at the tail end of his ghastly terror. Peter Sutcliffe, right? Yeah, yeah, he was terrible either way. So he's off rampaging through Yorkshire at the same time. So then all of a sudden, there's a serial killer, and then he's talking about aliens. So nobody, <laughs> <laughs> nobody really wanted to listen to Alan. I don't think the top was a distraction. Yes, exactly. The Tomlin police basically didn't they didn't need Alan running around talking about aliens. Yeah, it was given bad press for them too because it's the story broke out quickly. It got out, so he was met with a bunch of skepticism by his coworkers, and he was told to be quiet about it. Within that same week of his sighting, other police officers, five of them, and residents also report seeing flying objects in the sky with bright lights. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Alan decides to report what he saw. He's, he makes an official report to higher ups. He is taken seriously in the moment. He feels like he's doing what he, because he can't let it go. He said, whatever happened to me, this happened, and someone needs to know. <laughs> I'm it's, taking this all the way to the top. He, this he, is that story that ruins he, every ufologist's every life right single, here. Yeah, every yeah. single press conference, he comes in just boots on the table. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the circular scoff. Nonsense. Next thing you know, he is being interviewed by re- uh, reporters and police, and the word is out. You guys know things like this. They don't stay quiet. As no, as absolutely report, not. Well, especially, especially a cop yeah. and aliens. It's just it's a good story. I'd read it. So As soon as you have a police officer, you have credibility. Mm-hmm. And then so any reporter can latch onto that, and everybody's into it. Well, and especially when you start, which I'm sure I think they quickly started tracing the line between him and this uh, Nadamski. So it's like that whole thing just makes it even more sensational. There's a lot going on in this small town. Exactly. And for the same guy to have found that body that was under such suspicious circumstances, circumstances just a few months ago it already that's a headline as time passes further from the event alan seems to remember more and more Hmm. he starts to remember that he did move the vehicle after seeing the light but in reverse and he also remembered that he ended up in a field he knows there's about 30 minutes of unaccountable time an associate of alan thought it would be a good idea for godfrey to undergo therapy he set godfrey up with a hypnotherapist and underwent hypnotic regression that's not the kind of therapy i thought he was going to say in the beginning yeah it's like you thought yeah. he should probably talk to a therapist They're like shock nope yeah. talking about a hypnotist <laughs> we're gonna go back in time it was important to alan to figure out what the hell's happening to him so he hires two and he <laughs> they hypnotize him at the same time well he goes to different ones double hypnosis <laughs> just melts his brain <laughs> No, you're even deeper. (laughs) He wants to film it. So he wants to film his sessions. And the first therapist is like, no, we're not doing that. Eventually gets on board after hearing what Alan has to say. After hearing how much Alan's willing to pay. Yeah, that's what he meant to say. That's exactly (laughs) (laughs) And just so everybody knows... According to Psychology Today, hypnotic regression is the process by which you enter a trance and recall material from deep inside that is normally not available to the conscious mind. Hypnosis enables the mind to travel more easily across the dimension of time. Have any of you guys ever been hypnotized? I never have. I've seen Donnie Darko. Yeah, I have seen Donnie Darko. Also seen Donnie Darko. And that is, again, time I will never get back. (laughs) It's much like hypnosis. (laughs) I have heard a little bit about it. I mean, it is real, Mm -hmm. but you have to be open to it, I guess. I think it's that, and it's also... Some people make it feel like when you're hip, when you're hypnotized, at least from my reading that I could find in it, that you're completely not lucid. But it felt like what I was getting from the people that had been there, and then even one of the podcast guys was talking about it, is that you're still present. It just makes you more suggestible. So it's not that you're completely, you don't remember what you said when you were hypnotized. You're just more open to go with what the suggestions are. Mm. So that's really what it does. So also looking into what it's actually like, mm-hmm. I found that it's more like you're hypersensitive to what's going on around yeah. you. Um, exactly. So it's not like I don't remember what I said when I was hypnotized. You're extremely aware because you're just in the moment. You're very in your and like when you think of when you have a thought of something or you try to remember, it's like you're there. That's kind of the idea. But okay. you're still here too. And the therapists themselves have to take great caution mm-hmm. into not implanting memories or feelings into the patient because they are hypersensitive to these things. This didn't happen in Alan's sessions. Alan kind of went into that trance you more think about in the movies where. You, you kind of put yourself there, like third person rewatching it all, or sometimes first person, you're like reseeing it all and mm-hmm. reliving the event. Yeah. So exactly. did they did they figure out that 25 minute gap? Did they, did they he figured out that? some things, yeah. So during his regressions, Alan revealed that after the light blinded him, he did park the car, but had a sudden urge to get out of the car and walk towards it. As soon as he started walking towards it, he was overcome by a total wave of fear, and he jumps back into the car, throws it in reverse, but the car does not move. It's dead. Hmm. 
Suddenly, light washes over Alan inside the car, and the whole car leaves the ground and moves towards the UFO until Alan himself was inside of it. Inside the craft, Alan is met with a tall, hooded man with a full beard. <laughs> it's just a weird fact. <laughs> it's just a full beard. That's the first alien I've heard of with a beard. Yeah. He looked like a human, according to Alan. He was six foot. He said he was six foot six, very tall, skinny, and his head was a skull cap that was white, and he was wearing white robes. <laughs> he had a do rag on. Did, yes. did he meet God? <laughs> and, and God was like, "So, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Turns out God is black. That's God's, a, God's a fucking SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> a full beard and knit cap. Along with the bearded man, there was a bunch of little robots with lampshades on their heads, assisting the man, making beeping sounds, and there was a black dog there, too. All dogs go to heaven. That makes sense. One dog went to heaven. Well, Just all, that do- one. all dog go to heaven. All dog. Aww. 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 The, the creatures all help Alan onto an examination table. The dog helped? No, the lamp. And, oh. and the dog, I guess. <laughs> the dog's like, this is way. almost like it this didn't way. happen. Follow yeah. me. <laughs> This almost feels like it's fake. <laughs> the I'm dog sorry. gestured, come yes. this way. So the dog nurse is getting him on the bed. Well, the little robot nurses actually surround him, and they start to plug into him. And this is where the bearded man Wait. will start to download his memories. Where? Wait. You know where. His butthole? <laughs> <laughs> you know where they plugged into him. His butthole? They actually put these, like, he describes, like, um, bracelets on his ankles and hands, and that's where they plug into. Oh, like IV almost. Oh, that's not as fun. Interesting. Yeah, no. I was hoping it was the butthole. You can. <laughs> it probably was that, too, but. <laughs> he didn't mention that. Hey, Alan, <laughs> hit us up. Let us know. So for a long time, no one could see these tapes, and they were, they were kept hidden or lost, quote-unquote, but you can actually watch clips of Alan's regression online. Uh, they've been surfaced since. He gets very scared in them, and it's kind of hard to watch. It he is. looks like a terrified man. Because he does look scared. I'll give you that. And it, there's a video of him like recalling when he's it, When he's hypnotized. hypnotized, yeah. He does. Like, he looks terrified. And it's because you have to remember that, too. He's just a regular guy. And they're not actors, you know. So something, again, something scared this guy. A day after the actual event when this happened, when Alan was being hushed, he was called into an inspector's office. And once there, he noted that there was a man in regular clothing who introduced himself as the man from the ministry. Which is a weird title. Yeah, that's not, that's, like, Yeah, that's not an official title. Like, I'm just, I'm <laughs> the guy from the place. Exactly. I'm Brian, the man from Flint. No, no, no name. Just, I'm a guy from, from this place. So Alan, he feels heard in this moment. This is the beginning of from his reports when the higher-ups were taking him in and kind of taking him seriously. So he thought it was another person that he was going to discuss everything with. Mm-hmm. On this man's lap was a file. And when the man opened the file, he saw Alan's drawing that he had made. And he also saw his own report on Zygmunt Adamski. His superiors ordered him to keep things quiet. They cited the Official Secrets Act and for him not to speak about it. I wonder why he had that Adamski thing in his file. Because, like, he didn't mention anything about aliens or anything in his report for that. That wasn't one of his suspicions. So no. I, that's, I'm, I'm wondering why that would even be included. And that's kind of where these things tie together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have all these reportings. We have a okay. mysterious, unexplainable death. In the mix of all this, it is cited in an article that we don't know what happened to him. It could have been aliens. That was the coroner. And he was like, he said, I think it was, it's not a direct quote, but it was something to the effect of, if it was aliens, I wouldn't be surprised. Or it could be even aliens wouldn't surprise me. He was just kind of making some quip, it felt like. But then factored in with everything else. It he got put that in the report? Up. 
No, it was that oh. they were talking. He was talking to a paper about the report, oh. and he was like, I, "We don't have any idea what it is." He's like, "Even if it was aliens, I would only raise one eyebrow or something like that." Interesting. And the real strange thing is, mm-hmm. Alan was the one. He's one of the two people who investigate Ziggy's mysterious murder. And now, five months later, Alan himself is being abducted by aliens. Maybe. Yeah. There were dogs and lampshades there. Well, he's being abducted by dogs and lamps. We know <laughs> yeah. that for sure. He's at a pet smart. I had a dream yeah. about that one time. Did you? Did you check your shoes after? Where they scuffed? They're scuffed. So Alan is he's pressured to be quiet about this whole thing. He's also being bullied and pushed out of the force. He is being followed regularly by this mysterious man ministry who says he sees him wherever he goes. He gets attacked a few times because every more he talks about it, the more that they're quieting him down. That's what I was going to say is because he's like he talked a lot about how he was dealing with all this stuff, but he he was talking a lot. So it's like he wasn't being quiet about this at all. He wasn't listening to him. So they were basically trying to. And this is like they were just trying to discredit him, is what it felt like. Stop doing this. <laughs> just keep throwing the water at him. <laughs> Stupid. Keep going. After about four years happen, uh, Alan is actually made to retire. He does leave honorably, but he's all done being a police officer. Just understand before this, this guy was respected. Everybody, and he was a younger guy too. Yes. So for him to just be like, "All right, I'm gonna be shamed in this corner now," which that is my favorite part about Alan. After like looking at interviews and what he's talking about, his story never changes. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole initial thing that happened to him happened to him, and he stands by that. That part for sure. The the uh, the hypnotic stuff. He gets he kind of backtracks that. He walks away from that a little bit. Or he doesn't walk away, but he kind of walks back from it a little, like because he doesn't want to get too much into. Because I think the black dog and shit like that kind of made it weird. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the weird thing about all this though is it, that seems to happen a lot. These people, it just ruins their lives. It, it, yeah. But what I don't understand is if it was just somebody that your job just kind of like Alan again with the fucking aliens, like whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Why are all these people showing up trying to tell them to shut up and Be- like stop? I That's the part that is really strange. I like really let them talk weird shit. It only the only thing I can think of because I was thinking about that a lot too is like why were they pressed him so hard is and I think it's just because like he mentioned the Yorkshire Ripper they're already getting a ton of bad press and so now there's a cop talking about aliens and so they can't catch this serial killer they think who caught like twenty bodies or something yeah and it now, just now doesn't they, look good it doesn't it especially at the time and that's if you take the whole alien thing out of the equation mm-hmm. but keeping it in it starts to see like seem like a cover up exactly. or some kind of you know if we got to get this guy to shut up but then again. Why wouldn't they just kill him? Because they definitely have the ability to do that. How times have changed. Some guy talking about aliens, not dangerous. The president talking about nuking a hurricane, a little dangerous. <laughs> the president they, talking about aliens, also dangerous. Yeah, and they know. let him do that. So he, did, he could should have tried it. He gotta <laughs> just try it. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, "Why not? Let's give it a shot." And everyone's like, "No, <laughs> come on, man." <laughs> so what is unclear is that is this this whole thing a KGB cover up um was this man from the ministry actually from the men in black Alan doesn't know I looked a lot into the KGB angle cuz I wanted to find something there there was like these theories that Adamski was killed by the KGB and I could find no connection because he was Polish is the only connection I could find So you just said was this man from the men in black they couldn't find out is the men in black a real thing Oh yeah yeah Oh yeah. well they're just it would be any government agency that's not a, an acknowledged agency would be you know technically oh, okay, a man in black yeah. okay. we're, we're going to do men in black episodes yeah. it's it's a thing it's a thing Well cuz there's the the weird clay face ones that are supposed to be aliens and there's like guys who just work for the government Yeah <laughs> that that aren't going to give you a business card That's your man in black the guy that shows yeah. Up, like, no, shut the fuck up. <laughs> He's got that little pen thing, exactly. Yeah, right. That guy, oh, the pen thing, you know. You talk about, that's that's Will Smith. <laughs> that's just, oh, he's the only one with it. So, where are we now? Um, Alan's very much alive. He released a book in 2017 recounting his whole experience. Highly recommend it. You should support him. 
He drives a car with a UFO in his license plate, so he fully embraces this. He's a somewhat of a local celebrity. It has ruined his life, though. He did end up losing his family, his yeah, job. He's, what? he's an alcoholic. <laughs> yes, it has ruined Alan's life. Yeah. Doesn't make him a bad guy. It just means he's a sad guy. But to his credit, Brian, he's pulled it back together, and the last few years have been good for him. There you go. So he didn't it get his family back, didn't get his job back, but other things looking up for Alan. It wasn't the alcoholic thing that made me go, what, is the fact that he lost his family over well, this? He, what is he out there doing? He was a cop, and he was quoted saying, it's already hard enough being a cop's child. Imagine being a cop that was abducted by an alien. So it's like the kids, it was just a drew him apart and he's talking all this and they're getting all the pressure getting beat up at school probably you know kids in 2014 the ministry of defense for uk will release all the files on ufo sightings and national archives and alan's story was not released with that he does still believe it was covered up by his local the the police that he worked for Mm -hmm. because obvious reasons i don't know i don't want to say there (laughs) I like how different the UK police is compared to the you know the police here. Over there, they're like trying to cover it up. Over here, they're like, "Oh yeah, okay. You should probably go somewhere and tell somebody yeah, that. Tell somebody else that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not the guy. Did you try to shoot it? Yeah. Like, wasn't that the Vegas cops? Where he's like, "Don't call me back if it shows up." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. From one of his latest interviews, Alan would say that, "Would I have reported the incident if I'd known what would happen? Probably not. That's fair. Yeah." That's fair enough. I mean, it sounds like it really, really messed his life up. So I would hope that he would want to kind of take that back. So then the question is, how did Zygmunt die? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Because let me paint the picture for you. So it was raining that night. That was one of my theories. Maybe that's why the coal dust was down, because it was all wet. Well, it would, but it would he would have still, still be been smeared. It. It'd be yeah. smeared. But if he over. had already died after it, then maybe he would have been covered in the dust and the rain would have washed it off. I don't think it would wash it off his, his suit Not jacket. Completely. Not yeah, completely. It would be all over him. It's almost like he, like you said, like he was placed there. I mean, I could see, that's why I asked the timeline. Yeah. Maybe someone killed him and was like, oh, I'll just stick him right on top of it. But even but, then, it would have been nearly impossible to carry the body up on top of the coal pile. That's the other part, well, too. Well, if they had you a if you, you know. have a fucking crane, yeah, like. but that's a, well, it's, it's a coal it's a coal mine site. I don't know what they have there. <laughs> I guess you're right. Uh, but did, I feel like he'd still say, be dirty. How'd they say he died again? Oh, so they said he died from emphysema and heart failure. Okay, so it's not like someone killed him. It's they don't even really know. That's the ones they found because like yeah, yeah. Co- a couple they're possible... saying natural causes, but he died on top of a coal pile with half a suit on. You know, yeah, but so it's not weird. like someone he doesn't have a bullet. No, hole it doesn't. In him a knife. No, no strangulation, yeah, no nothing strangulation. like that. So that's where like the alien suspicion comes in. But there's no real evidence of him being abducted either. Just like there had been sightings in the area and the way he was placed. Possible theories are is always, and I don't know why. Ball lightning. Ball lightning comes in. If you can't explain something, ball lightning did it. Yeah. Um, so it's one theory is that he got struck by ball lightning, and just in a daze, that's where he ended up. I did hear that he was maybe having a heart attack and then got disoriented and then climbed a, a 12-foot coal pile, I which doesn't make that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Because then he'd still be dirty. Yeah. Well, that, that, I exactly. guess that explains the burn marks, though, right? But he was missing. Lighting. Yeah, okay. But not the cream. Because I was thinking so, he'd be singed. And... Yeah, but not the cream. He was missing for five days. That's yeah. also the His issue. His family too. reported him missing five days before he was found, and he was not there a day before or earlier that day. Yeah. He just appeared. Right. That's that's really weird. There was some talk about him being kidnapped by a family member because there was an internal family problem going on where somebody wasn't completely happy about an upcoming wedding, but it just. There's not. It was hard to find any evidence to point to the part where they take him for five days and keep him in a shed, and then place him on a coal pile. None of that really added up. It was, it's a big stretch. The tragedy of Zygmunt is kind of uh, what makes me sad about this whole story because mm-hmm. he will always be remembered as possibly being abducted by an alien mm-hmm. due to the well, investigator who yeah. did get abducted by aliens. Maybe and that's that's his legacy, mm-hmm. right? 
something probably really terrible happened to him. I'll say it almost seems like he was like brushed under the rug. It does because he yeah, gets like, forgotten because of the story that comes right after. Yeah. So it's like there's in it's a this is a whole very compelling case. It's just crazy that nothing has come over it, not come from it in all these years. And that a cold case murder is linked to a possible abduction. That's interesting. A, yeah. 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 Speaking of uh, alien stuff, it, you know it's been all over the news. Uh, there was a guy on Rogan's podcast named James Fox. He's a figure. Say James Franco. <laughs> he does. He does like a lot of UFO um, research. He does mm-hmm. documentaries, stuff like that. And he said he went and visited a guy like out in the desert somewhere, lived in the middle of nowhere, who has footage of two other people that he said he saw, which he thinks is the best, the clearest image of like any evidence that there is. Yeah. aliens. And these two guys just gave this video to this guy. It was recorded like back in the nineties. What would well, he do with it? Well, he that guy still has it. He won't sell it. He offered him like hundred grand for it, and he mm-hmm. won't sell it. So he went on Logan Paul's podcast a while ago, like years ago, and told that story. Logan Paul found that guy, went out there, and wore a camera as a button oh, and no. videotaped him showing him the video, but Logan Paul won't release it. Oh, he see, has showed other people, but he will not release it. I don't trust any of these guys. What yeah. the fuck, yeah. man? But he, don't be like that. Yeah, but he did say that the he said it's it's shaky, but yeah. like the craft comes down like right next to the car, oh. and when the people that did see it, including people that run because I listened to both podcasts about yeah. it, yeah, and he said that back then you wouldn't have the ability as just like a regular guy to put in those kind of yeah, effects. CGI was not where it is today. Right. Yeah. And he said it's it's definitely interesting. Why wouldn't they? they re- re- neither one will release it. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't Logan? Why wouldn't this random desert guy? That's right. why I think it makes me I, I call bullshit on these yeah. guys because it's like, why would you not? If you're oh. Especially if you're in the community, why you might not share with the community? You're just being a dick. Logan did say he doesn't think it's real. Okay. He doesn't think Well, then share real. that fake video, Logan. Yeah. I don't believe Logan has a video. I believe he may have seen it, but no, I think it's no, a, no, that a James, That James Fox guy saw it as well. So that makes I, me think No, it's I, real. I believe that. I just don't believe his yeah. pinhole camera. too many yeah. consequences. No, no, he, he saw the Logan. do that. Yeah, he saw Logan's version of it through the, through the well, camera. Well, Logan Paul showed a video of a dead guy in a forest. Like, you yeah, can't right. get worse than that. You can show me an alien video. Yeah. It goes to show you can bounce back from that really hard. He did. He did. He made a career out of that. Yeah, but the thing is, like, so there's a lot going on. There's a lot more news coming out about it hmm. i saw my man from blink 182 he's like on everything right now yeah. talking about aliens well he's got enough money they can't cancel him so that's the thing yeah. so tom's Does trying to get in this like, yeah that's why those in the concerts, community that's yeah. why the fucking concert tickets are so high so they can't cancel them man <laughs> how much did they say the tickets were for that 182 concert oh, i have no idea like 300 bucks they can't they can't cancel me tour yeah, yeah. <laughs> the you better not tour it's <laughs> the so summer give me give me just give me a little bit of what you think about this. Aliens, for sure. You think so? I mean, my brain's a little broken right now Wait, from there hearing was, that story. There was one last part about the spaceship that the guy saw, where there was a theory that it was a, a mo- like a modernized motorized motorhome that had been moving in the air. It was like some prototype home. Just a decked out motorhome. Yeah, then they, they claimed, that I couldn't find a picture of whatever motor, motorhome they were talking about, but the guys that I saw in the interviews back then were talking about how it did look similar to the, to the design he had drawn, but it just, I think it again comes down to you, do you believe the guy or not? And naysayers will say that, well, you know, if there was a motorhome or a mm-hmm. bus or something there that's shining at him and he had an ec- ec- ep- I can't say it. epileptic epileptic moment. It's always epilepsy. Uh, it's like, oh, he had a seizure. It wasn't aliens. Well, just in the way that you could say it could be aliens. Yeah. People like to debunk things. Well, it could be this too then. Yeah. yeah but that was the only reason. That one was kind of interesting. It doesn't hold a lot of water. They, they were kind of saying because it, it would have been on the hilltop and you wouldn't have seen the trailer. It was all lit up and looking modern. But he's from the area. He's a cop. He knows. I, I don't really buy that. Yeah, I mean, you know I'm a believer in this stuff. But yeah. I like to look at the side, both sides of things. For sure. And I, I want to know all I the am, evidence. I am leaning towards, I do believe 
that he did see an alien, but the the two things that were really damning to me when they did the hypnosis thing, that could just be him having some weird spooky dream yeah. like while he's awake because that doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. That's, that's what he says, too. He's, yeah. He said that he, he was reading, uh, you know, there's a famous case we may cover, uh, Barney and... Uh, Betty. Barney and Betty. Yeah. They they the get hills. abducted in the 60s. The Hills? Yep. Barney okay. and Betty okay. Hills. Okay. Yeah, so about. You guys know. The yeah. Hills. That's like the most famous yeah. case of all time. Yeah. He's, he's reading a book about that. Gotcha. Okay. And he and he says that like I am reading this yeah, book. Yeah, because he got into it after what yeah. had happened to him. So he had been researching and it through guided basically guided the, hypnosis. The or... other the other damning thing to me is the the force that it was putting out is like moving air around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were going to travel through space or anything like that, it wouldn't be through propulsion like that. So it shouldn't in any other film or any evidence we ever see. It's almost like they're floating, not moving anything. Mm-hmm. But this one is for some reason. Uh, that's a little weird. Um, okay, and two, also, to that point, I will say that he is quoted saying that things are moving in some interviews and others that they're not. Hmm. But I do agree with you that he gives himself credit when he actually discredits the most unbelievable part of his story, yeah. um, but he will not back down from what happened to him. The the bright light, all that, that happened. He knows for a fact, will not stand out. It's been 30 years. That happened to me. That's how he feels. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe that. I believe it. I mean, I'm, I'm a believer in this stuff, though, so. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I think he saw a spaceship, but I think Hadamski, I don't know what happened there. I don't think that was aliens. No, yeah, I, um, I agree. I think he was. Yeah, that one, something yeah. something bad happened, but it wasn't. I don't think it was aliens. I think it's a poor circumstance. Yeah. Did they not look into it any further? They were just like, well, shit, okay. There's nothing else to look into. Yeah. Um, either it was a very badly executed um, investigation. Yeah. It's kind of unfortunate for the family, too. It's super yeah. unfortunate. It's really sad, because he just, he was, they seemed to love him. He was a good guy. He went out to get groceries and just never came home. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. I'm actually with all of you. I, I This time, I do believe that it was Alien. I, I do believe he sees it. I, I take that with um, all the actual reports around him that are happening yeah. that are similar that he didn't know about until later when the stories matched up, the similarities were too the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he also feels very confident by uh, Travis Walton incident because... The deduction was similar to him, and that was because the missing days too is weird. Yep. Um, okay. Anything else, guys? No, that's all I got. Yeah, this okay. was this was this is an interesting one. This I think is the first time we're all on board of saying, yeah, this is real. Yeah, I think so. I don't think we've ever done this before. So, summer, I'm gonna get a second validation from you. Do you, do you actually think? Oh, aliens. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Love her to death. That's what I said. <laughs> um, if you want to get a hold of us, you can get a hold of us at hatchandbar at gmail.com, or you can get a hold of us on Instagram by direct messaging us or on Facebook Messenger. Probably be talking to Summer. As always, we got Brian McCree to help with research and Cody Stacy, who does an unbiased opinion very well, I think, and then yours truly. We'll see you. And that's your Hatch and Bar.